Hello and welcome to Feminist Fridays, your weekly dose of self-empowerment and equality. I'm your host, Sarah Liberty, coming to you live from Sydney. Yay, I'm back. And today I'm bringing you a very special guest who is all the way from London. Her name is Vibhuti Vazirani, and she is the founder and designer of Zavi, a 100% sustainable fashion label. And we all know how much I love fashion and sustainability. Vibhuti is originally from Mumbai and launched her international label at the end of last year. And she believes sustainable fashion is a revolution that is waiting to happen. Amen. But before we hear from Vibhuti, I'd like to serve you with a track by one of my style icons, supermodel of the world, RuPaul. It's called Supermodel and is from 1993. So enjoy and you better work in your own unique way. You better work.
the booty and welcome to Feminist Fridays. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for joining us. Great to hear you all the way from London. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, just to get started, a bit about your background and how and where you grew up. I understand you're from Mumbai. What was it like for you growing up and when did you move to the UK? Um, yeah, so Mumbai is, you know, a diverse place and um, there's a lot going on. But it's, you know, it's a busy city. Um, it's, it's India's biggest city in terms of population and, you know, it's the biggest metropolitan as well. Um, and yeah, I grew up with very ambitious and purposeful and hardworking parents um, and lots of other family. Um, I have two siblings and, you know, we were blessed to have a good life and education. And you know, we were very early on, you know, exposed to the idea of, you know, reflection and looking inward. And I think that sort of uh, started my journey as I think that sort of triggered my journey um, as an entrepreneur, you know, as my family too, you know, we're full of entrepreneurs. My father is one as himself. Um, okay. And, yeah. and. Uh, I'm, you know, I think India is is you know known for a lot of things, but probably not sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're um, still figuring out a lot of other issues such as poverty, healthcare, education, and I mm -hmm. think sustainability is not the focus, you know, for uh, that country at this moment. For India as a country, I think there's a lot more going on. Um, and I think the US, the UK, the EU, Australia—they're all more forward-thinking, and you know. They can afford to make sustainability a priority at this point, and I think that's that's why I I found it crucial for me to move to be able to you know take on take on those opportunities in these countries where people are actually listening and um can you know concerned and hoping to make change in their choices and in their lifestyle. Okay, so you moved to the UK and. I'm I'm very curious what led you to the path that you're on today. So you mentioned that you've always sort of been had an entrepreneurial spirit, but did you always imagine that you might end up working in fashion? No, um I actually did go to uh design school though. That was the first university I attended. Okay. Um and I I dropped out. I went to the the Parsons New School of Design in New York. Yeah, yeah, um, wow. And and ironically, I dropped out and, you know, went back into design many years later. But um, I think I was about 17 when I had to make that decision of, you know, going to university. And it, it just seemed very daunting at that point while I was there and, you know, immersed in this world of design, that this mm. was my choice and this was the only thing I would learn for the next four years. For me, I thought at 17, I should be exposed to a lot more. And um, I think business school seemed more generic as an option. Back then, um, seemed more diverse. And, you know, in terms of being able to apply my skills later on in life. And so I just, I felt more comfortable being exposed to a wider, um, you know, range of skills and ideas, um, you know. And I think business if as a skill is adaptable to anything that you might want to do in later in life. For sure. So, absolutely. But still the Parsons School of Design, that's amazing. I mean, I know how high profile that is. So Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a wonderful opportunity and you know, I had a great time as well. 
I think I I definitely had a you know I've been into art and design since I was young and all through school and high school and you know and that's I think that's how I sort of ended up there but um I definitely wanted to do something more um generic is and I think it worked out well for me as well um so after my my uh degree in business and economics I went on to um the University of Massachusetts in Boston to do a certificate in biochemistry um wow i i somehow managed to drop out of there as well a year later um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i think i was just you know hoping to pick up a lot of skills that interested me and i was really just following my interest and my curiosity curiosity is something that we have in common as well as mm-hmm. you mentioned that you always grew up loving the arts and design it's something i've always been passionate about now I know you've launched your 100% sustainable international fashion label and that occurred at the end of last year. So can you tell us about that and how you started out doing that? Yeah, so just you know going back to my education and my um and the exposure that I had. I I never actually intended to go into fashion um I I never I don't think I ever thought about it seriously or you know as an option before I actually started the brand mm-hmm. um and so I I I started just out of curiosity again uh, I was looking for something I was passionate about you know in my early 20s thinking about what I can do how I can make myself useful and you know um and genuinely love what I do Mm. Uh, while also making impact and change and you know something purposeful um and so I, I sort of stumbled upon a lot of my curiosities and fashion was one of them and so I started to uh just sort of understand the world of fashion and textiles um I actually ended up traveling a lot back then and I noticed there was this just this recycling of trends going on you know it's like everybody's selling the same thing at the same time and you know mm. you can you know whether you pick it up from this store or the store in the next lane it's going to be literally the same thing and there was a lot of polyester out there as well and um and I'm not a fan of that back then as well I just thought not for a sort of sustainability reason but just I thought it was an uncomfortable fabric um and so I think I just sort of started to look at it as a problem mm. and it's something I could do and think about and so i sort of uh started to understand the world of textiles and what the problems are and how they're caused and you know how things are made um you know the impact of it the impact of the dyes the water the the, the production methods the um, waste and it all just seemed very interesting to me and at the moment i was just literally following my interest and curiosity um i had no idea how to design i had i had i had an artistic and a creative um you know i would say knack but i didn't have the skills to design or um you know put it on the paper in any way i just followed my interests and i learned everything i could over a span of a few months uh wow. isolating myself from anything else <laughs> and that that's how it all started I just think I started to make one good decision at a time and it's ended up to be sustainable. I really admire that you wanted to do something sustainable and I can't agree with you more that when I see so many fast fashion labels just producing 
pretty much the same thing and you know being sold at you know a cheap price point and that being you know what attracts one of the reasons people seem to be attracted to it Mm -hmm. it really it bothers me and it bores me I find it boring you know yeah yeah I think that's also that's also kind of how I ended up here is because I I tried to shop sustainably but I didn't have a lot of options either and yeah um you know I thought of design as well and I think um I I my my idea eventually ended up a conscious idea and a conscious thought to create a brand that was sustainable and um you know desirable in terms of design and trend you know it it's something that people want as well as it's affordable you know it's that's that's the key to making any changes mm. it has to be affordable to the to the masses i wanted to go back to your background of growing up in mumbai um because from what I understand from reading a little bit about your bio, there was something that you saw there that made you realise that sustainability was something that you really wanted to be a part of. What were you seeing that when you were when you were growing up there? So it wasn't so much Mumbai, I would say it was it was more the way I was raised. Um okay. you know, I think my parents were always sort of triggering us to think and think creatively and think out of the box and you know reflect mm. and look inward and and you know I think we were we they they imparted you know values and the, the concept of reflecting very early on in our childhood okay and so I think that um you know definitely made me want to do something um impactful when I grew up you know my, my parents as well they're very passionate about what they do and I think that just happened to be something it just happened to be um something I always wish to also feel and have in life is something that drives you and you're ambitious and passionate about that's amazing that's fantastic that you had such you know supportive parents and conscious parents you know um well but I'm really interested to know about how you actually go about sourcing your textiles and producing your range to ensure the supply chain is 100% sustainable? So it's actually really hard to do so. Um, yeah. It's you know, maybe three to five times more effort and time and resources to mm. source and create anything else that someone else might um, do in a, you know, in a regular, not a consciously sustainable manner. So I think it's definitely taken us a while to get here, but I think, you know, initially when you're starting a business, it's all about getting things in place. And so we're still in the phase of um, finding good vendors, finding good quality fabrics and, you know, ensuring that they are truly 100% sustainable, that the factories are doing their best to be sustainable, that they're certified against sustainable standards. Um, You know, they're conscious about their water use, about their ethical practices with their employees and their workers. So, you know, it takes a lot of, it takes, you know, more effort to sort of ensure all of these criteria as I met. But I think we're still, I mean, we, we have a, we've grown a solid base of suppliers and we're still working on it. And I think it's, an, you know, it's something that will never end because the, in, in the world of textile, there's always some new innovation and, you know, we're still finding new, fi- finding new fabrics all the time. And it's interesting and, you know, it teaches us a lot. And, keeps us involved in the research as well. So like 
we've sort of already covered. I know that you're very vocal about the destructive nature of fast fashion and think that people adopting sustainable fashion is a revolution waiting to happen. Why are you so passionate about this? I mean, and what do you think are the biggest barriers that are preventing this from already occurring? Do you think it's consumer related? Do you think it's industry related? Is it a combination? What are your thoughts? I definitely think it's a combination of both. Mm. Um, you know, people are buying and hence people are selling. Um, and I guess because people are selling, people are also buying. So I think it's it works both ways. Um, I think both sides need to become more conscious about their own choices. You know, um, as individuals, maybe start there and then and then go on to changing things around you. Um, and I think consumerism definitely needs to become more conscious. There's a lot of people around me, you know, in my own world of friends and family who are aware, um, who are about, who are aware about what I do and about aware. And I'm constantly sort of, you know, giving them more informative updates on, you know, better textiles and better options and better consumerism. Yeah. But I think people have their own, um, priorities you know some people want to cut on costs some people don't really care some people just think it's too much of an effort to go around mm -hmm. finding it and just pick up what's in front of them so I think you know at an individual level people need to start to become more conscious and and try to do their bit and I think collectively there will be you know a ripple of change so where do you draw your style inspiration from and I understand that you design for both men and women and have everything from casual dressing, cocktail attire, business casual and activewear. That's a big deal, especially for such a new label. How do you go about doing that? Do you have a team working with you? Yeah, I do have a team working with me, but initially I started just as myself. And I would say a lot of the designs and the ideas are, are rooted from me. and. Um, and I think my, my inspiration stems from just being able to be really versatile, you know, in life. I mean, we all have, you all have to be versatile. We have so many different sides to ourselves. I mean, there's a version of you that goes to work and there's a version of you that goes on holiday. And then there's a version of you that, you know, um, goes out to dinner or to, mm -hmm. you know, a night out with your friends. And you need to be able to fit into that version of you at all times. And I think so we all have that versatile side to ourselves where we, can adapt and change to you know who we are where we are how we are and I think that that's kind of um that's kind of how I'm able to do this um yeah I'm also uh I think I'm 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 a good observer in terms of people and what they want and what they like and what works for them and um understanding body types um and I think I personally have a very versatile sense of style myself um yeah, and I think it's just being able to give people what they want. And, you know, um, a lot of people do lack the idea of what to wear, how and when. And so I think what I'm trying to do is give them that option um, and one that doesn't fall in with trends. But it's just, you know, I think that's that's how we want to be as a brand as well. It's just is offer, you know, classic, really nice, chic and, you know, elegant styles for men and women timeless is key for us um and you know it's 
it's deep rooted in our sustainable values as well to not keep on with trends and just sell good quality styles. So for listeners out there, you know, who we've been talking about how people can live more responsibly in terms of their environmental footprint. What are some of the, you know, basic or key tips that you might offer to people when they're considering, you know, becoming more conscious and sustainable in their lifestyle? So I think changing habit is is a tough one for everybody. Yeah. And one of the things I find easy is to follow this technique that I found many years ago that really inspired me. And I think I've incorporated into my life in every way I can. It's, it's called the compound effect. And so it's kind of based on the concept and the idea that you pick up one new skill, a tiny one, and you incorporate it into your life, um, you know, on a very small scale. So sort of maybe just saying, oh, you know, I won't use or I'll try to avoid using plastic bottles. You know, if I go out, I'll I'll have a mini glass bottle of my own that I will fill and take out. Or, um, I don't know, it's like something small, like checking care labels for fashion, just making a practice, you know, or reading the, the, the product description and the fabric care on the website. Um, so it's something small that you kind of promise yourself that you will do, and you don't have to do all of them together. I think just pick up one new one new sustainable habit and incorporate that and once that becomes seamlessly involved in included in your lifestyle then you feel comfortable to take on another one you know and I think that sort of makes it easier to look at it and doesn't burden you to make so many different changes to your life all at once yeah and I think with fashion it's very important to actually read the care labels and know what you're buying and you know See the value of that as well. I think a lot of people miss doing that. Um, It's definitely more important and to be able to make the switch to being a better consumer. In in terms of fashion, at least, I think it's important for people to be aware about what they're buying. So at least for me, you know, for people that I'm in, that I'm able to educate about this, um, people around me, I'm constantly telling them a whole list of things to avoid (laughs) when they go shopping. And they're just like, wait a second, can you repeat that? You know, I go like, no polyamide, no acrylic, no acetate, no polyester. And they go like, wait, what? Is that poly what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. how how ignorant are you? <laughs> yeah. But I think people just need to really pick up on it. And that, you know, these decisions can make a drastic impact. Absolutely. You know, you, you sound like me. I'm exactly the same. I'm constantly telling people not necessarily about textiles, but about different changes that they could be making. And I wanted to just go back to one of the other things that you mentioned, which is the other, you know, really important aspect of fashion to consider is how clothes are produced and to make sure that you're not purchasing from a label that uses a sweatshop or that uses, you know, that produces its clothing in a factory where people's human rights are not being respected you know people's clothes are being ethically made as well as sustainably made that's to me extremely important because I certainly know there are huge you know a lot of luxury fashion labels that are still basically abusing people's human rights and that's something that really really disappoints me I think it's about asking the question and 
you know, hoping, I mean, demanding for an answer, really. Yeah. I think if the people don't ask the question, the, you know, the company isn't going to ask the question to their vendors and their suppliers. And I think it's just, it's sort of turning a blind eye to it. So I wouldn't say that the brands and the companies may always be aware of this problem, but mm-hmm. they sometimes if you don't demand them to know and to, you know, demand transparency in terms of where is this coming from, who is doing this or like, um, where are you manufacturing and who are the people doing it and what are you using? And I think they will turn a blind eye to it because they don't really need the answers to that as long as their business is working fine. Yeah, it's a really good point. So I also wanted to ask you, as this is a youth-focused, mostly youth-focused segment, what advice would you give to someone who is young and starting out on their career and wants to forge a sustainable path like yourself? Because, you know, as we saw from the youth climate marches around the world last year, we know that there are millions of young people who are really passionate about climate change and the lack of action being taken to address this as well as other environmental concerns. Um, So what advice might you give to to help people feel like they can be self-empowered to help create change like you do? So I think the the start is to know the problem, right? To Mm -hmm. know and understand the problem in every sense of it from all angles, from all perspectives. And then be able to think about that and see how you can help, you know, with with also helping yourself. I think it's important to sustain yourself if you Mm -hmm. really want to give yourself to something. Um, And I think that that kind of changes people's, sometimes, you know, the the world of doing good doesn't always reward you personally. Um, And I think that might Mm -hmm. be um, a reason why a lot of people don't go down that road. And I think the world has to sort of change to accommodate for those people that want to do good, but also, you know, sustain themselves. Um, And I think it's about also maybe collaborating with the right people to do so. So finding the best way to do it without, you know, while, um, while working in terms of benefiting multiple parties um, and, you know, the world is, uh, for all of us, and I think collaborating with the right people who can, you know, bring something to the table while you do as well, and then, you know, working together and sustaining yourselves and sustaining each other and also creating impact and creating change, I think that is, it has to be a foolproof model. Otherwise, I don't think it's going to last, you know. I think sustaining, and I and I truly believe in sustainability in every aspect, including mm. the fact that if you want to do something, you need to be able to sustain yourself. And I think that is also important um and i think also it's important to not be disheartened by the big players out there and their decisions and you know the way they do things um you know i I, it's it you need the strength and the courage and the belief the focus to go out there and stay focused onto what you're trying to achieve and not be disheartened by um you know everything that's going wrong around you because it can be really hard Mm-hmm. And I think persistence and focus and dedication is the only way to do it. So as this is a feminist for, uh, podcast, I wanted to also just ask how has feminism inspired or been a part of your journey? And just to be clear, I'm an intersectional feminist. So 
To me, feminism is about equality for everyone, as well as promoting inclusion, diversity, and recognizing everyone's human rights. Um, I think, you know, as a girl growing up, you're always fascinated by other women in, you know, who are older than you um, and who are doing something that is, that represents a strong woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's always inspiring for you to sort of aspire to be a person that can inspire other people. And I think, I mean, my mother definitely was, um, you know, somebody who was very hardworking and focused and, you know, juggling a lot of hats at the same time. And um, I definitely think she was one of the figures that was inspiring to me, Um, along with, you know, a lot of others um, that you have exposure to growing up. And I think, you know, people like Michelle Obama that, that take charge of their position and their power and do good yeah. with it. Yes. I think that is something to also recognize and acknowledge and, you know, not to say, oh, she was there and so she could do it, but it's also a lot of people don't do it at, at that level of position and power. And so, you know, it's about choices at the end of it. And I think I really respect women that make the right choice to use their influence and their power to influence in a good way. Um mm-hmm. And, and I think not only women in that case, but, you know, everybody who has the ability to influence to do good. And I think it's important for women as well to strive to do that. You, I, I totally agree with you. Like when people who have influence use that influence to do good, it really it gives other people inspiration and courage as well. So, yeah. And I'm yeah, sure that you are an inspiration yourself to many people. Yeah, I hope so. But I also think for women, you know, just going back to feminism, I think it's it's really inspiring when women are able to do so along with all of the other responsibilities that they have in life. <laughs> yes. Um, and yes. I think that is insp- inspiring for me. I definitely aspire to be someone who can manage everything life brings, um, you know, whether it's family or um, work or myself or um you know relationships i think it's important to be able to balance all of that and women that manage to do that i really respect them and um i think it's great that you know they have the the inner strength to be able to channel all of that well so i think i wanted to finally ask you for Listeners out there who now know about your range, and I'm definitely going to help you to promote it. Don't you worry. How can they find? Um, how can they find your range and and buy your amazing designs? So feel free to plug your website, your social media, and any other new projects you might be working on here. Yeah. So you can find us at www shop-zavi.com uh, mm-hmm. that's Z-A-V-I and our Instagram and Facebook is Zavi Collective okay and we're, we're working on um, on an exciting autumn winter range that's completely sustainable and organic certified in, in, in every product that we have to offer and uh, we are hoping to do a pop-up um in the U- in the UK in December, so I hope if anyone is in the UK, they definitely drop by. We're also hoping to revolutionize like the way shopping is 
done in a store mm-hmm. and I hope you know all of that is able to come through this December and you know if the world sort of uh, comes together and um and you know or maybe next year I don't know but I hope December works out um, yeah but that's gonna be exciting and yeah I think it's you know it's definitely something everybody should have a look because I think it's going to be great thank you so much for joining Feminist Fridays especially at an early time of the day. I hope you have a wonderful Friday and weekend. And yeah, yeah, it's been wonderful to have you join me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great to be here and um, have this platform and, you know, speak with you. It was great conversation and um, yeah, have a good weekend and hopefully see you at my (laughs) pop-up. Yes, yes. Please send me an invite. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Well, that is another episode of Feminist Fridays for this week. But before you tune out, tune in to another song that is all about breaking fashion rules and embracing your own style, just like Vibhuti has done. It's called Fashion Rules and is by the infamous Electro Clash group Chicks on Speed. And although it goes back to 2003, I still think it's a kick-ass track. So get it so enjoy and get out there and crush the party in your own style. Over and out.